0: Welcome to Scrolling, episode 109. I'm Ket. Joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. How you doing, man?
1: Happy to be here. Well,
0: that's good. I'm happy to have you here, dude. I'm happy to have all the people in the chat. Yeah, we got a party. We got Gary and Grizzly, KDMS, King Nar. It's quite a crew right there. Thanks, guys, for being here. Update thirty nine. It happened. It's um. It happened a week ago. As of yesterday, this this update's a week old. Uh, Patch notes. No surprises at all. Everything that we saw in the final weeks of PTS. That's basically uh, exactly what happened. So uh, no surprises as far as like any impacts that it's had on the meta. It might be a little too early to tell. Um, but honestly, I don't think the meta is really. Hugely different. It seems like, you know, it's still a lot of Vatishran, Ice Staff, Masters, Dual Wield, (laughs) uh, Way of Fire, you know, that kind of stuff. Seems like there's still a lot of Arcanists out there. You know, people are like switching up the kinds of staffs that they're using. Maybe, you know, the most drastic, like, oh, there's a Sork with a Lightning Staff. Neat.
1: There we go. But it's still the Vatishran Staff as as that little beam hits you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, it's basically just the same old ESO uh, PvP meta that we've been dealing with. Uh, I haven't really noticed these new monster sets. I'm sure some people are using them, but I don't know if they—they probably just don't have obvious visual effects. I just haven't really noticed. It seems like stabs, like uh, as a, as a weapon of choice, seems like stabs are kind of gaining popularity, even for a lot of melee builds. You know, twelve percent bonus to uh, to certain damage types is pretty juicy. Mm-hmm haven't seen a lot of uh, maelstrom two-handed builds uh, I've, I've seen a couple of people spam and stampede on me a little bit but uh, i was kind of expecting that thing to to be everywhere but maybe it's just a matter of time
1: yeah might be might be by next episode we might be saying it's everywhere
0: <laughs> yeah maybe so it's, it's not something that you can just throw on any build and it's going to be good you probably have to get a whole build together and stuff so it might take a little time for people Aaron says he experienced that healing reduction set in Cyrodiil. Someone had full stacks on my group and it was noticeable. Mm. Yeah, I've heard some people talk about it in duels as well, that it's uh it's definitely very noticeable. I have seen Azure Blight in some fights, but uh didn't really seem to be posing a huge threat. You know, I don't it seemed like maybe it was getting buffed, but uh like like on paper, but experiencing it firsthand so far doesn't seem like a big deal to me. Um, the biggest threat so far that I can tell is Nightblades. It's <laughs> the
1: Nightblades out there.
0: <laughs> they're uh, they're everywhere. Their popularity is gaining, and it's the sne- It's the stealthy, mm-hmm. sneaky kind. It's that kind of Nightblade. <laughs> um, that seems to be kind of the flavor of this patch, and it's probably going to continue to to gain in popularity because I think all the the pain points of playing a Nightblade have basically been alleviated. You know, like the merciless resolve kind of has a weird. It's weird to deal with even when it's working properly, plus it doesn't work properly a lot of the time. So that's basically been fixed, uh, plus the weird thing with end cap. Uh, plus you get you know easy access to your crit buff all the time on both bars, uh, plus a lot of other great things about being a Nightblade. So great, great time to be playing a Nightblade. Seems like the heavy attacker, the heavy attack builds, the lightning staff, heavy attack builds have actually been buffed, because um, I wasn't really thinking about this, but the. Um, the lightning staff twelve percent bonus to channeled attacks. The the lightning staff heavy attack is a channeled attack, so it gets that twelve percent. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's not doing as much AOE damage because they they nerfed that portion of it. But the single target damage, if someone's just directly heavy attacking you, uh, I definitely can tell that uh, it's doing some damage. Uh, so the heavy attack builds, they they really haven't gone anywhere. They're still around. They're they're annoying. I I wish. They weren't like I. I would like to think like oh I can just ignore them. They're not really a threat, but they they can be if you don't oh, pay yeah. attention to Absolutely. them. Absolutely, yeah. They can cause trouble. They're
1: kind of just enough to where you're like, all right, I'm not going to worry about that. And then when like two or three of them start hitting you, you're like in danger.
0: Yeah, and you know most of them are a free kill. You know, mm-hmm. like all right, I'm just going to take care of that heavy attacker, and they'll be out of the way. No big deal. That's like you know the majority of them. But once in a while. You'll actually, it'll actually be a decent player behind the wheel of that thing. And they have some, some decent abilities slotted. And you know, if you think about it with a heavy attack build, they always have a full magic bar. Oh, yeah. You know, so they're, if they're weaving those heavy attacks with Matriarch heals or Vigor or something every single time, maybe not Vigor, but Matriarch heals, um, they're never going to run out. Yep.
1: It's unstoppable.
0: It's hard, it's hard to run them down if they're built tanky enough, stuff like that. I've seen a few that are frustrating. The PvP death notifications—something else I noticed—I ended up turning it off in uh, Battlegrounds because it was just like filling up my chat screen. I couldn't even read it. You know, <laughs> it was just like exploding down there. Seems like it'd be good in Cyrodiil, though.
1: I actually turned mine off in uh, Battlegrounds as well. It was too much to—too much going on.
0: Yeah, I was—I was not like taking in any of the information at all because it was just so much happening. You know, like by the time I would even like look down there. The, the relevant thing had already scrolled past. So I just turned it off And Cyrodiil or Imperial city. Seems like it could make better sense there. But yeah, in general, it's just, it's the same old, you know, I could, I could have like woke up today or woke up a week ago and logged in and not even know that a patch happened. And I probably could still not know if someone didn't tell me or something, you know, it's not really not a very different environment uh, that that yeah. we've been in for the past several months. Any other observations for the the patch?
1: Not really. Kind of exactly what you said. It, it's it's almost seems the exact same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, I mean, you know, just highlighting what you said. Nightblades definitely more of those. That's probably the only real difference I've seen, even with the changes. Either they haven't kind of caught on yet, or we're just not seeing them. It seems like the same uh, really strong builds are the ones that are uh, still running into.
0: Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think those meta builds are... I I doubt that's going to change much over the course of this patch. I think it's still going to be a lot of Vatishran, and I-Staff, Master's dual wield Way of Fire, you know, Marsalok. Yep. Um, Probably going to continue seeing a lot of that. So moving on, I want to talk about this Left-Hander's Aegis, or Aegis, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Belt.
1: Aegis Aegis.
0: Aegis Aegis. I just,
1: Arigus, I think so, you know, like the old school horn of a car, <laughs> there you go. That's okay. it. That's yep. it. There we that's go. That's the one. That's definitely, that's it. definitely how it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the, this is that mythic item that, um, it gives you a damage shield for one second when you do a roll dodge. So you don't actually dodge anything. Instead, you, you just have this shield that absorbs things. And, uh, maybe some people in the chat can help me out here. If not someone listening, scroll and podcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell me why this thing is good because it's been it's been gaining popularity. I've seen it a lot here lately. I've heard some people talk about it, and I just I don't see why this thing is good. Let me just read it. So roll dodge no longer evades attacks and instead grants a damage shield that absorbs up to twenty thousand nine hundred ninety damage over one second, uh, and that shield is unaffected by battle spirit. And so so it's a one second duration. Your dodge window is also a one second duration. Uh, When this thing first popped up in the patch notes, you know, however long ago, we were, we were like, why is this even Mm -hmm, good? mm -hmm. And I think the thing that we concluded was, well, if you're trying to avoid AOE attacks specifically, because they're not dodgeable, Mm -hmm. then this can help you out with that. But otherwise, you know, when you dodge, what, why is, why is getting absorbed with a damage shield better than just dodging the thing?
1: What about beam attacks? Like if you roll dodge from a beam.
0: Well, that's true. It would, it would interrupt that beam for that one second as soon as you're out of that dodge it'll still be on you though it doesn't d- break the beam yeah that's true but that's there you go that's something i'm like
1: legit trying to think of reasons that this could be good i i don't i am with you i i'm
0: so there's a few yeah there's so aoe attacks beam attacks that's another great one i was not thinking of that um but yeah for one second at a time i just wonder why like dedicating your mythic you, you can only wear one mythic You know, whereas like gaze of Sithis, if you're making a roly poly build, like I think if you replace this with the gaze of Sithis, you're significantly upgrading your build. In that case, you have better stats, whether you're dodging or not, you're way more survivable. I think a lot of people that are using this thing, you know, if you're taking advantage of this, this, uh, this mythic here, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be wearing medium armor. You're gonna have well fitted traits. You're gonna have a lot of stamina recovery, most likely. You're gonna build so that you can do a lot of roll dodges to take advantage of this thing. And so I think a lot of people are making that kind of build, and they're just finding that roly-poly builds are very survivable. I don't think it really has much to do with this mythic item. I think you make that build and like I said, put Gaze of Sithis on there instead, and you'll find that you're extremely survivable. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that's my little spiel there. I'm just kind of telling people, stay away from this thing. I I think don't fall for it. It's not very good to be dedicating you your one and only mythic item to this you're basically just giving yourself the ability to effectively dodge AoE and beam attacks specifically. Yeah. Doesn't seem worth it to me. Scrolling podcast at gmail dot com, <laughs> change my mind.
1: <laughs> prove prove us wrong. Um, but yeah, exactly what you said. I mean, in a roll dodge, well fitted build, like you're gonna be you know, you're gonna be survivable with just that. I don't know, changing it out for the for the damage shield.
0: Yeah, I don't uh I don't think it's this myth. like the people that are th- thinking that this is doing so well for them, I-, I don't think this is what's doing it. I think it's all those other components of the build that's really making them feel so survivable. So, anyway, just wanted to talk about that for a minute. In other news, in PvP news, uh, Chaos Ball weekend. That was weekend before last. This is our, I think, third Chaos Ball weekend that we've had so far. Actually, I had a pretty good time with it. Davies, what did you think?
1: You know, I kind of agree with you, but it's kind of, gore- it's more gotten me that these weekends, it's like, who knows, right? Like, I, it, <laughs> who knows how it's going to go? It really because is. Because there's, I feel like that there was a time, I don't remember if it was the first or second one, but like, Chaos Ball was the worst one there for a while. And then I agree with you. This one was like, a lot of fights. I feel like, I mean, you know, more of our style, like the Chaos Ball was avoided. Uh, even if it wasn't avoided, I didn't run into any completely perma block or, you know, unkillable players um so i
0: you know i don't or like full team yeah it's like
1: so i don't know who who knows what the weekends are it's 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 kind of rapidly changing um i i would say on honestly my thing is is it's i'm i'm i don't know i, I i'm just kind of over the, the the weekends at this point i think it was something i was excited about and now it's kind of like eh, i i don't know Deathmatch weekend amazing but it seems like it's too too far apart
0: I actually enjoyed this one. So I think it was the last Chaos Ball weekend that was so miserable, where there were actually like four pre-made, four-man mm-hmm. pre-made squads that were like built for Chaos Ball, and all they would do is, is grab the ball, hold block, and run the clock out, you know, yeah. and that was the And match. the match would be over quick. It'd be over really quick. hmm mm-hmm. Super frustrating. Did not run into that at all, this go-around. I think, you know, I, I ran into a handful of like individual tanky players that would get the ball and hold it for a fairly long time, but everyone would gang up on them. That one person would die and we would have a normal match from there, you know. You know, having a tanky person do that once in a while is not that big of a deal. Yeah. But for the most part, we were having good fights. Plenty of uh, matches, like you said, where people weren't even picking up the ball. We were just here to fight, even in the solo queue. Queue times were really fast. I think that's something that I've enjoyed about all of these events, regardless of the mode, is that there seems to always be a fair amount of participation, which means queue times are always really fast. That, at least... Is always a good thing about it. But yeah, aside from the Chaos Ball weekend, it's still a lot of Arcanists. It's a lot of Nightblades. Uh you can tell people are kind of getting fed up with Arcanists. I've seen some people like in group chats in BGs, they'll just say, like, hey, I'm focusing the Arcanist, just so you know. <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'm with you. Sounds good. So we have a few builds to talk about. Uh first, Davis, I have a question. What's the biggest tree you ever seen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's, there's one answer. There's one tree and it's, that's a big old tree.
0: It's the one in Elden root. Elden root. Uh, that's, uh, that's the question that my, uh, my warden Hambone Malone wants to know. This is my wood elf warden character that I made a long time ago. I haven't really ever made a build with this guy until just recently. And now I'm hooked. Uh, I'm a warden main now, you guys. <laughs> it's changed. Just kidding.
1: Don't just you okay, don't you dare sorry, about Betsy. It that way, <laughs> or Betsy? Sorry, but
0: uh, what we can't—I don't even remember. We just kind of randomly came up with this dude's backstory, right? We were just kind of like talking in chat one day, cause he was—he was uh, he's from like this backwoods village, and he made his way to the big city for the first time in Elden Root and saw that giant tree, and it like broke his brain, it's
1: changed him ever since. He and now he—he's got to tell everybody about it. He's got to ask if they've seen it.
0: It's all he talks about. When he meets someone for the first time, you know, he's just kind of pretending to listen. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, let me ask you something. What's the biggest tree you've What's ever the biggest seen? biggest tree you've ever seen. And he's going to tell you all about the one in Elden Root. And of course, his friends and family members and everyone's yeah. just like, oh, oh we've heard it a million times. He can't
1: wait for them to answer the tree because he knows that he's, he's got a better answer. He knows. He's just waiting for it.
0: If anyone ever like mentions anything about a tree, his friends are just like, oh no, no. Do doing it, like the, the the little cutoff yeah. motion, you know. <laughs> uh. Uh. So anyway, that's all I have to say about the warden. Yeah. And
1: playing. that pretty much sums up the build.
0: <laughs> I have a pretty standard build, I think, but man, I've really been enjoying it. I think it's just the warden class that I've really been liking. The key sets are Winterborn and the Master's Frost Staff. Uh, Everything else is just kind of that standard template that all my builds have. So uh, it's Winterborn as a double bar set, Wretched Vitality on the back bar uh, with a bow, Master's Frost Staff on the front bar, the Gaze of Scythus Helm, and One Piece Magma. So this Winterborn set, it's a light armor set. It comes from the Maelstrom Arena. uh, Very easy to get if you just do it on normal. Uh, And there's no, I don't think there's any like perfected, unperfected version of this. It gives you a line of uh, max magicka, magicka recovery, and weapon and spell damage, and then the five piece is uh, when you deal frost damage, you summon an ice pillar that deals frost damage to all enemies in a three meter radius, Uh, and that ice pillar persists for two seconds and applies a 50% snare to all enemies within, uh, and it has a six second cooldown. So it's perfect for a Warden, it's frost damage, it's direct damage, so it has a higher chance of applying uh, status effects, and, and Wardens get bonus damage from from frost damage, or from frost status, from chilled status. Uh, it also pairs very, very nicely with the Master's Frost Staff if you're using Frost Clench, because the Frost version of Destructive Clench is unique. It has the full 28 meter long range, unlike, unlike the, the Fire and the Lightning version. Um, and it's a it's a great ability. It, it applies a bunch of debuffs. It immobilizes the target, so it roots them in place, keeps them still long enough for uh, for Winterborn to pop up, and they get trapped in that snare. So it's just a it's a perfect pairing between those two. Is he a magic warden or is he a stamina <laughs> warden? Great question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, uh, it's very ambiguous. He's both. I've been going back and forth. He's both, depending on the day or depending on the time of day. Um, I basically just switch the attributes, the moon to stone, and his spammable. And otherwise everything else stays the same. That's all that determines whether he's Magicka or Stamina. And he really plays exactly the same either way. It's just, you know, investing in one pool or another means you can cast certain things more or not, you know. So it's just, that's the only difference. I think objectively the Magicka version is superior. Mm. Just all around... um, the the Crystallized Slab and Polar Wind, those two abilities specifically, are just such a hard carry being able to cast those just, you know, over and over and over and over again is just an enormous advantage. Yeah. And especially considering that I have Wretched on the back bar with a bow, I have three medium pieces, it's all well fitted, it still plays like a stamina build defensively, very much so. I have almost 2,000 stamina recovery, you know, so... Uh, It's every bit of like a stamina type defensive style, which is really the thing I like about stamina builds. But he has all the benefits of being a Magicka build. So it's it's, it's really perfect. It's very well-rounded. The offensive bar setup is uh, Sub-Assault, the Stamina Morph, the Cliff Racer for the Spammable, Frost Clench, Elemental Susceptibility, uh, and the Northern Storm Ultimate combo is pretty simple Uh, i just put elemental susceptibility on them and then it's just sub assault do a heavy attack into frost clench and then three cliff racers and then just repeat sub assault heavy attack frost clench three cliff racers Uh, and that should line everything up so that both sub assaults are hitting within the window of that master's frost staff because it's only four seconds Mm -hmm. that's why you're kind of you're using that heavy attack to kind of delay that just a little bit so it all lines up just right so, super simple, very effective too. And, for, and bonus tip for uh for extra damage, activate your crystallized slab, that damage shield that absorbs projectiles and it shoots an ice ball back at them. No matter what build, almost everybody has some kind of projectile that they're throwing oh, yeah, at you. Absolutely. And it's a it's a it's quite a bit of extra damage uh and it stuns them. So uh and it's a, it's a really short cooldown on how often those ice balls can shoot back at them as well. So it's actually a lot of extra damage. If you're fighting someone and you're, you're needing a little bit of extra sauce to go ahead and take them all the way out, uh, just try activating that shield and see what that does for you. Defensively, it's Resolving Vigor and Polar Winds. That is just an astronomical amount of healing <laughs> between those two. That's a lot. That Crystallized Slab ability and the Healing Thicket ultimate. And he is just a walking fortress with those things going on, man. He is seriously unstoppable. Even on Old Betsy or any other tune that I have, no other tune do I feel like I can just march directly into the middle of everything and just just plant myself there and be immovable. Nobody can make me leave. I have all the healing in the world. That crystallized slab makes me feel invincible. Um, and that healing thicket ultimate, it only costs 90 ultimate. I can cast the thing all the time for myself, for my teammates, and also heal other people with polar wind as well. So. He can just kind of do it all, you know. I mean, that's that's what wardens do, right? They they do it yeah. all.
1: That polar wind with that healing thicket. I mean, yeah, you, that's that's a healer build. I mean, right there, those two alone, you could you can do some pretty crazy healing numbers.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. When needed, I absolutely do. And it's you know, it kind of had me worried for a little while because it's very much an uh, an old Betsy style of build where it's uh, I'm filling a very similar niche where he's he's offensive and he's supportive. He can be and run he can be brawly he can he's super flexible uh and just kind of can do whatever the team needs from one moment to the next it's a very similar style of build of, uh of old betsy so i was worried that like this was going to draw me away and make me not really want to play betsy as much but um I had a few good matches with betsy just this morning actually and i was like oh no there's no substitute for <laughs> betsy she's fine She's fine, no She'll worries. She'll be just fine, yeah. There, and honestly, there are pros and cons either way. It's not just a, it, it's not just a warden flat-out wins in every category, you know. That's not the case at all. Uh, when I'm on the Templar, I miss Crystallized Slab and Polar Wind specifically. Mm-hmm, Those are really mm-hmm. the two things that I, that I really miss. But when I'm on the Warden, I miss being able to cleanse, and I, be, I miss being able to heal people from long range. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's something people often overlook when they're talking about how great wardens are is they suck at healing people from long range. Yeah, uh, They're they're really not good at that at all. And there's been tons of times that I've watched allies of mine die right in front of me because I can't reach them with my heels. Betsy would have had them no problem. So there's pros and cons either way. Mm.
1: That's good to um, hear though. Like it, it can't, it can't be all warden elite, you know, yeah, <laughs> we gotta, yeah. we gotta have some sort of balance there.
0: Yeah, totally. And, man, that cleanse is so clutch, too. Just being able to, you know, the type of meta that we're in oh, right man. now.
1: Cleanse is, yes, that is
0: huge right I now. I cleanse constantly on the on the Templar. I think that's a huge advantage, too. Huge right now. So, yeah, this is really my first ever, like, kind of offensively focused Warden that I've made. I'm really, really liking it. This will definitely be a, a regular in the lineup going forward. You'll, you'll, you'll hear from Hambone again, for sure.
1: <laughs> and that tree. Here yeah, and the
0: tree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep the the warden trainer rolling, Davis. What's going on with Bearclaw, man?
1: Oh heck yeah! So um, Bearclaw the Nord. And this is my my stamina warden. This is the the point blank snipe build. And I I talked about this build last week. I'll do a quick reminder of what the build was. Uh, it's or what the build is. Uh, five swamp raider, two piece baylorg, uh the Vatishran point blank snipe bow. The the key to the build right there. Uh, and then I do Two Trainee with the Oak Soul on the Mythic. And then the bar setup, that, that one bar setup is just the the Lethal Arrow, that Snipe, um, Shimmering Shield, uh, Resolving Vigor, Sub Assault, Polar Wind. Got to have it. Uh, and then I do Toxic Barrage for the ult. Um, and really, you know, the, the build hasn't changed, but I just kind of wanted to highlight it because this is the one I've definitely been playing on the most since we talked last in and, and this has kind of become like my my get kills build. Like I feel like the more I play with it, the more it's it's um, kind of getting kill secure, figuring out getting high numbers, getting good results. It's a but legit build. It's it's working out. It it yeah. kind of has you know we're just just like you were saying with Warden. They have such a great kit that that with that vigor and polar wind, like just with two abilities, I've got so much good team comp as well as as defense and then you throw the shimmering shield on there and it's this is a tanky character
0: impenetrable
1: yeah and he's he's also all well fitted so he's very roly-poly uh, it's a stamina build so you you add that in he's got good speed on the bow and then that point blank snipe is is and the toxic barrage is that's just really enough damage right there i mean that is just a, it's a lot of of damage packed up the biggest thing I kind of want to talk about this build is is kind of what you're saying like it's it's a really good build it kind of has all the the kit but I don't you know I've been playing Lord of Nords a lot lately and we we've talked about this on past episodes about um the the really sweaty matches are are kind of back and there's some there's some good players in the sweaty matches and so um it's kind of caused us to kind of I don't know maybe maybe limit our when we're in those really sweaty matches, you know, we're in group play and we're kind of going into those, we kind of default back to our, our premier characters that we feel good about and we feel good about the results. And I, I kind of bring this character up because I, I think he's got all of the pieces in the toolkit to be one of those characters. And really kind of my focus now is just playing with the character more to get more comfortable with it. Uh, it's kind of one of the things I've kind of realized as I've been playing with this character more is that there's so many aspects of my uh my uh Stam dk lord of nords that it's just kind of second nature because that's always been the character that i go to that i don't know if it's so much it's not so much really the build it's just so much that that's the character i'm familiar with i i have a very good understanding of the sustain how much damage it can take you know when to worry what the numbers look like different situations and so i'm i think that this character has the capability to be in those sweaty matches, but it's just kind of one of those things that it's, it just kind of comes with more playtime and familiarity with the build and the character that I think it can actually, uh, I think it can actually hold its own in those, those types of matches. We'll see. You're probably right. Um, But I just think that, you know, looking at all of the key pieces of, of what the build, you know, good healing numbers, good, good healing that it can throw out to the team, high damage, an ability to secure a kill with the toxic barrage and and that toxic barrage on this character is just it's ridiculous how quick it happens with the with the oaken soul, the fact that it's a nord with the shimmering shield like that toxic barrage is very very readily available yeah. um and so yeah i I just think that the, with more playing of the character, I think that it's gonna get better get a little bit better and better and me be a little bit more familiar with it but I do think that, as you said, wardens are so great. They've got such great kits. Uh, they can do a little bit of everything. They've got so many good abilities. I really do think that this character, with just a little bit more playtime, I can kind of, kind of fine tune uh, uh, the understanding of, of, understanding situations a little bit better. But I think it has all the pieces to be a really, really good build. I honestly, I would, I was go far to say that it, it. it I highly recommend anybody if they want to throw a quick warden together. It's a very easy build to put together. Uh, there's not a lot of farming with it, uh, and it's just so much fun, so much fun. And you you will see, as soon as you throw that point blade snipe into a character, you're going to see some results.
0: I mean, it's darn near a perfect one-bar build, I would say. <laughs> it's it's like just, you have so many tools, just everything you need in a build right there.
1: Yep. And it's, and, and yeah, I I know we keep saying it, but the... The amount of tankiness you get with the with the vigor and the polar wind with the with the shield, regardless of the of the morph, you really can go either one. Both of them are yeah, great. You can go either way. I do the shimmering shield just to get the toxic barrage better because I kind of need that for the kill secure on this character. But both abilities are great, and it's just so much tankiness, uh, and it allows you to you know like with me, it allows me to have a roly poly build with this. Like I can do well fitted and and you have this you know high stamina. Uh, Build that can roll around and and not really have to worry about that, but still have those abilities when I'm not rolling. So,
0: don't downplay the damage either. The damage is there too.
1: (laughs) It is the uh, that that point blank snipe, it hits, it it hits. Mm -hmm. Um, it's and it's and the thing is, is that you know, with with snipe, it gets dodged a lot. I, I mean, that's definitely something about this character is the dodge happens, but when you just like when the rotation is just snipe, you know, sub assault, snipe, and then the, the toxic barrage when it's going, like you're going to land snipes. You're going, you're throwing so many of them into the character that they can't dodge them all. Uh, there's a lot of times yeah. I'll be playing with people, and I'll, I'll just say that. You can't, you know, they can't dodge them all. They um, can't. So, yeah, and, and so when, you know, one or two are hit and they'll, they'll time with that sub assault and you can throw a toxic barrage into them, you will see results. So you will see health bars start shrinking. So. Uh, it's a it's a really really fun character that that uh, I think is only going to get a little bit better with kind of just playing a little bit more and more.
0: Nice man, good old Bear Claw. Good old
1: Bear Claw.
0: Next up, so we're going to go from possibly the the best class in the game to <laughs> uh, the Necromancer.
1: We're going the full spectrum, right? We go <laughs> one end to the other for sure.
0: Uh-oh, we We're going to talk about the Necromancer for a little while. Um, in Despair, my magic and necromancer, I've kind of gone back to the classic concept of Despair, where she's primarily a support build, she's uh, specializing in enemy suppression, she, she's focusing on uh, just making things as difficult as possible for our enemies, while also supporting her allies at the same time. She had been a, like a bomber build for a while, and I still do have that loadout. I still have fun with that, but... Uh, I just kind of missed her old sort of play style, and I wanted to put something mm-hmm. like that back together. The The build I've been playing for the last week or so, it's five pieces, Defiler as a double bar set, Wretched Vitality as a back bar set with a Resto staff, uh, the Maelstrom Frost staff on the front bar, uh, and two pieces Celestrix monster set. So no I gaze love, of on the, this one.
1: I love seeing the Celestrix on there, though. Yeah. It's a good one. I feel like people have kind of forgotten about it, but it's it's such a great CC monster set.
0: Yeah, it's a recent addition to this. And actually, yeah, your uh, Nightblade build like reminded me that Celestris exists in this game. <laughs> it's still out there. Yeah. Um, but it's great for this, um, for what I'm going for with this build. So let me just talk about this Defiler set for a second. So this is an Overland set. comes from Vardenfell. It's medium armor. Uh, it gives you a line of weapon and spell damage, two lines of crit, Uh, And then the five piece, when you deal critical damage, you summon a hunger that spews poison to all enemies in front of it, dealing poison damage and stunning any enemy hit uh, for five seconds. And it has a five second cooldown. So yeah, basically you deal any kind of critical damage and this thing's just popping up every five seconds. um, And it does like an AoE conal attack and it stuns anybody that it hits. Uh, And then of course, Celestrix, it makes that little ground uh, Earthquake thing that's also an AoE stun uh, at the same time. Nice. So the whole idea is I have, um, I have two ground AoEs. I have Caltrops and Blockade of Frost, so I just I throw those on all of my enemies, and the whole idea is for Defiler and Celestrix to just be kind of popping off like crazy, just hitting random people. Celestrix mm-hmm. is hitting this group of people over there, Defiler's hitting this group of people over there, and it's just sort of this cacophony that's happening. And to add on top of that, I also I'm also using all three of the class minions. So I have Blast Bones, the Skeletal Arcanist, and the Spirit Guardian. So those three on, on top of Defiler, it's like four dudes running around the whole time. So it creates this like sense of chaos and it gives like an illusion that, that our team is way bigger than it really is. Hmm. And it's uh it's a super fun way to play because I feel like I'm just sort of this this agent of chaos and I'm kinda fading into the background and just watching all of this stuff unfold
1: (laughs) just chaos all around you
0: yeah it's interesting because it's it's a very squishy build but i i find it to be extremely survivable because i think for one i don't get focused all that much because i'm not directly attacking anybody right i'm just i'm putting those aoe's on the ground and i'm just kind of keeping those minions going and that's kind of it other than just healing people um, so there's not a lot that's really drawing people's attention to me. Plus, most people are just kind of trying to get out of my general vicinity because it's this whole nightmare. <laughs> get zone, away from right?
1: that! Get away from all that disastrous CC.
0: With uh, the the caltrops and the wall of frost applying like all these buffs and status effects and snaring people and do and doing damage. Uh, Celestrix and Defiler do a fair amount of damage as well. You got blast bones. You got the the skeletal Arcanist all that stuff adds up to a fair amount of uh, AoE pressure to everybody in the area. And and yeah, like I said, none of, none of, no one's attention is really being drawn to me. And if it is, you know, they got a lot of CC and stuff to deal with. Also, Blast Bones gets in the way quite a bit. Uh, and they'll end up, like I've seen Blast Bones eat meteors and leaps and stuff like that. So it's just surprisingly survivable for such a, a squishy build. Uh, plus, we have a lot of healing. I have vigor, resistant flesh, uh, the healing tether, and that spirit guardian, uh, and the resto ult. We got the healing power as well. Yeah, I really
1: like the setup too. Of you, you know, you kind of throw all those AOE's out there, and then those really kind of take care of themselves after that, and it kind of lets you focus on keeping those minions up and keeping the heals up. Like the the damage is kind of like once you throw the setup out there, it's kind of you don't really have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's the whole build is just maintaining timers. And that may be a turn off for some people. It's it's actually a little complicated. Um but you're not doing a combo. You're not like picking out a target and casting things in a certain sequence in order to deliver damage at a certain time. It's not that at all. Um you're just maintaining these timers and as long as you're doing that, you're giving your team a huge advantage. Yeah. And then you focus heal when needed, just kind of as the situation requires.
1: That's the that's the key piece I was going to say is that it's it's a huge team build right there is that all of that pressure while being able to do support is such a huge piece to it to a to a team in a bG so that's mm-hmm. that's huge
0: it's a fun way to play support too like uh, I have no problem taking this build into the solo queue like I don't really care what kind of team that I have because I do have a lot of damage and I can kind of hold my own if somebody starts uh trying to focus me or something it's it's the only support build i would really take into the solo queue because it's actually fun to just play solo
1: that's huge too because most of the time solo queue is not the place for a support build
0: yeah um i will forewarn anyone who tries to play a build like this though that um be prepared to be disappointed by your your numbers on the scoreboard at the end (laughs) because they're 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 always like 30 percent lower than what they're supposed to be because none of those minions count towards your damage or healing numbers. Mm-hmm. So that's a big bummer. Plus, this this build isn't really built to have a lot of damage, and even necessarily a lot of healing. It's a weird thing, and it's a thing that's always been true for Despair, that the scoreboard does not tell the story of the impact that she had on those fights. Like You can clearly see the effect that she has on these fights, and then you look at the scoreboard, and... It does not tell that story, but I almost think that's kind of a good thing because again, she kind of flies under the radar. People are not suspecting that despair is the one giving them such a hard time, you know, like she's just kind of, people don't really think to focus her. I swear. And I've been in like really sweaty matches and people have watched me stream and even have made the comment. It's like, you have an invisibility cloak, like just no one's attacking you. And I think it's, it's back to that. They just generally don't want to be in the in that kind of nightmare zone that I'm creating, and plus it's not necessarily obvious that it's me doing it because I'm hiding amongst all those minions. I have um, race against time, so that along with um, all the CC and everything, I have a good uh, good. I have an easy time just kind of maneuvering around and staying out of the way and stuff. Anyway, it's a really fun way to play a necromancer, and it feels very Necromancer-y as well, and it's actually very effective.
1: And it's a Necromancer that, yeah, that, that's effective. That's yeah, <laughs> key yeah, a rarity right now.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's the spare kind of back to the back to the classic Despair style. Uh, back build. to the original really Roots. It. Yep. Nice. It's not the old build exactly that I used to use, but it's an updated version of it that I, I like quite a bit. Very nice. Uh, and then, Davis, you're after my heart, talking about your uh, Stamplar, Need for Mead. <laughs> Old
1: need for me in my Stamplar, you know, the, the, the old Betsy light, if you will. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of the same thing that I was talking about with my, my Stamden, but um, uh, I'll just do a quick reminder of, of this Stamplar build. Um, it's it's five piece Deadly Strikes, uh, five piece Dagon's Dominion, uh, one piece Magma Incarnate with the Oaken Soul. Um, and then the bar setup is just Jabs, uh, Solar Barrage, Vigor. Um, and then I actually do the uh, Ritual of Retribution, which is the other morph of the Extended Ritual. This is the one that does damage. Yep. Uh, and then I do the on to the Dead for the heal and then Crescent Sweep for the alt. And so very similar to Old Betsy, um, a lot of kind of just this ball of AoE pressure. Um, it's it's uh, a well-fitted build. I actually do three Swift Jewelry, so it's a very speedy build. You know, name like Need for Mead. I mean, come on, you got you got to do it.
0: You got to be fast, yeah. Oh, you the, the name—the name is the best part of the build, by the way. <laughs> best part
1: of the build, hands down. Um, but you know, kind of the same thing. This build hasn't really changed. But once again, this is another build that I have found that the more I play with it, and the more I kind of get comfortable, because it's a little squit. It's it's I say a little squisher. It's a lot squishier than the warden build, but it it has very much survivability with the speed and with the with the vigor and the honor of the dead heal. Uh, good team heals with that as well as good self heals. Um, but the, really my favorite part about this build is just the damage numbers on this build are like the AOE pressure that this build is able to do is really, um, almost surprising to me. The, you know, you're always throwing, you're always throwing your jabs, the solar bras, you're always keeping up. Um, but that ritual retribution is just such a massive, huge circle. You just run into a fight and kind of throw it down. Even if you're needing to get out of the fight, it's still going to sit there if the fight's in there and still kind of keep pressure on the team. Uh, and once again, Crescent Sweep, you know, kind of keeping up that AoE uh, damage. And so uh, I really like what this build's able to do is just kind of as much as just AoE pressure and it's just always doing damage uh, with being able to kind of shift, get out of the fight, but still keep pressure on the enemy team as well as throw heals to the team. So kind of this is another one that I think has the the right pieces to where I think the more I play with it, the the more success I kind of see from it. And I think the more capability it has to kind of be, maybe not just kind of a, um, something that, I, you know, really with the focus, I've been in kind of the solo BGs with it and just kind of worrying about myself. But I do think the more I play with it and the more I kind of learn, um, the comfort level with it, I think it can actually, um, be a viable, uh, group BG build as well.
0: Oh yeah. The, the uh speedy Swiss Army knife stamplar. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's the best thing you can possibly do.
1: Yeah. And I, I really have to throw all credit to you and the old Betsy build setup. The 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 Stamplar kind of just hub of AoE damage surrounding you all the time is just it's a very fun way to play. Cause you're just yeah. you're just keeping pressure on everybody around you. And and you're just that's just kind of what the focus is. Everybody around you is getting pressure, uh just being near you. And it's it's really it's a really cool Templar toolkit right now that they've got so many abilities that kind of stick
0: to that theme. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the best way to play a I mean, other than just kind of doing the the meta stuff that every mm-hmm. other class mm-hmm. uses, you know, outside of that, I think it's one of the be- very best ways you can play a Stamplar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it really does. It it's, it's every one of those, you know, just one of those abilities may not be enough pressure but when you add all of them together it really does add up to a lot of damage
0: yeah for me it's uh solar, bar- solar barrage blade cloak uh blood mist crescent sweep and jabs yeah oh so, yeah i mean you know just imagine that's essentially four dots and mm-hmm. jabs you know it's quite yeah. a bit of pressure
1: but on but on everybody that i think yeah. that's the key to it to me is that it's it's like, all
0: undodgeable it's all it's all uh, a huge one to me is it's all uncleansable because i'm not putting yep. that on anybody it's on me
1: yeah exactly just being near you and so yeah. that's the key piece too that i really like about the build is it, it kind of runs into a group and you kind of throw all that stuff out there and then you kind of you kind of get to to pick and choose like okay like i see this person is you know they're the ones that's kind of uh taken the most or they're the ones struggling the most and so you kind of shift around your targets based on how the enemy team reacts to all of that that pressure yeah, and so i like
0: zero in on the on the health yeah, bar that's getting the lowest <laughs> exactly
1: and so i really like the the ability that that build kind of has to do that As you can kind of roll into a team and get a good feel of the entire team pretty quickly and so you can kind of know all right this is the tanky side of this team this is the part of the team that's a little squishy
0: need for mead i mean for mead. he's a nord so you got the mead thing He's He's uh, got a great look. That's important. He's speedy, so it's need for me, need for speed. It's just Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: beautiful. He's got a real lunatic look, which is, you know, one of my favorites of my characters. Yeah, he
0: looks like a complete lunatic. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's got the big antlers and everything. Yeah, he's he's real far lunatic, which is just
0: great for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and read some emails. This will actually probably end up being the long portion of the podcast. So, <laughs> we got a lot you know, of emails, which in. is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, beer be. Here at gmail.com. That is our email address. If you'd like to send us an email... You can send them there. <laughs> that's the place to send. Each week, Davies is going to pick out his favorite of the bunch, and we're going to send him a prize. Uh, this week, it's going to be 250K gold. Almost enough for a stack of tripods.
1: Almost a full <laughs> stack. There we go.
0: Just about. Man. They're every day, they go Oof. up, I swear. A little bit more. Oh my gosh, the tripods. What a
1: time to be the uh, the grinder that's just grinding the mats for tripods. You're just yeah. making bank off us right now. Just you bank got, off us.
0: Now, if you got a, a stash of uh, Columbine, I mean you get you got a gold mine right there. Ooh boy. That's the good stuff. First email comes from shout out to Grizzly Khan.
1: Shout out Grizzly Khan.
0: Grizzly Khan says, This came to me in a dream last night. The entire PvP community was in an uproar because a new mythic had the following properties. Increases the effectiveness of all named buffs and debuffs applied to you by 100% and duration by 100%. Decreases effectiveness of all named buffs and debuffs you apply to others by 50% and the duration by 50%. He says, In my dream, they fixed it by adding, When Battle Spirit is not active, which woke me up because I was physically laughing in my <laughs> sleep. He asks, How would y'all balance this mythic? I was thinking, Change everything to 10%. So, yeah, Grizzly's saying here that uh, in his dream, he dreamed about this mythic that uh, it increases the potency and the duration of all. Buffs and debuffs that are applied to you by 100%, but any buffs and debuffs that you apply to other people, whether they're friendly or or hostile, the potency and duration will be decreased by 50%. It'll be cut in half. So how would we fix this, Davius? I have an idea. Why don't you go first, then?
1: So I, I I like the extremeness of it, uh-huh. but obviously pretty strong, pretty strong in its in its dream state, if you will. <laughs> But I almost like the, the, the idea of you basically, you cannot receive debuffs, but you can't, uh, you can't also, so basically you could receive all buffs, but you wouldn't be, you'd be immune to debuffs, but okay. you couldn't give out, you also couldn't dish out uh, buffs and debuffs.
0: Can't apply uh, Can you apply buffs to yourself?
1: Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could apply, I guess that's true. You could apply buffs and receive buffs, but you'd be immune to debuffs and you couldn't dish out debuffs.
0: Okay, okay, all right. My idea is maybe just a completely different mythic item. <laughs> so the first, the first thing I have to say is I don't think what you're saying is ever actually possible outside of a dream. Like, major sorcery is 20% spell damage. Can't change that. That is the law. That is
1: written in stone.
0: You cannot give a player a 40% weapon and spell damage oh buff gosh. and call that major sorcery. That that doesn't work. Or spell damage buff. So just for that reason, I feel like it's a non-starter. Uh, duration's fine, but the, the potency of named buffs, I think, are just like chiseled in stone, cannot be changed. The idea that this gave me, though, is for like maybe a, like an Oak Soul type thing, but for debuffs. So like maybe uh, like an easy way, like just uh, if you deal any damage to an enemy, you apply like five or six major debuffs like, you know, breach, vulnerability, maim, defile, brittle, whatever you want to do. So you apply all those to your target and then you receive the minor versions of all of those. So you get minor breach, minor vulnerability, maim, defile, brittle, etc. So. That's an option. And maybe they're not cleansable, or maybe if they're cleansable, it removes the major versions off of your target, or whatever. I don't know, you could do something with that.
1: Pretty cool idea. If they if they do ever come off that, you've got to throw
0: that on Despair. It's a must. Oh yeah, that'd be a must. That'd be a must. It's it's definitely different from gri- what Grizzly said here, but I think just increasing the potency of named buffs, it's just like, there's just like a block in my brain we just can't be done. So I think this is kind of a, this would have a kind of a similar effect, though, I would think. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like a, a, and I don't know, Grizzly Kong can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's kind of like this all-in-on-yourself idea, right? Like, I'm going all-in-on-myself, not, not, I'm going solo. Like, if they ever did come out with something like this, like, all the 1VXers, like, this is their go-to, right? Like, this is the 1V, this would be the 1VX method.
0: Maybe my idea should be, It's just like for like. You apply all these debuffs, these major debuffs to your target, you also get them. The major versions. Ooh,
1: ooh, interesting.
0: Or, I I don't know, I'm just just spitballing at this point, but um, maybe it has nothing to do with your target at all, and you get all these really great buffs, but also the corresponding debuffs at the same time. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe there's a way of that if, like, I guess it'd have to be minor buffs. You'd have to be real careful about that. But it's like every time you apply a a, a buff to your teammates, you also apply um the, the minor debuff to your enemies. Like somehow you could yeah. be buffing your allies by but debuffing your enemies at the same time. That'd be pretty neat. That'd be neat. We're all over the place, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird
0: one. <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah, that's what we would do. A bunch of like iffy, weird stuff. (laughs) Uh, thanks for writing in Grizz. (laughs) It, It was a dream indeed. Next email comes from Jim. Nice. Simple and to the point. Uh, Jim says just started listening. Great podcast in both content and delivery. Thanks, Jim. Uh, a few questions that may have been answered in prior podcasts. Do your BG builds translate to Cyrodiil and Imperial City, uh, and what adjustments, if any? Uh, Jim also says, I've played for a few years on Xbox. I think the ease of jumping in and out of Cyrodiil versus finding three consistent partners for BGs makes it the easier road to go on. Thanks. Don't know about that last, uh, sentence there, uh, Jim, we're, we're pretty opposed to Cyrodiil. We don't generally have a great time there. Um, and you know, there, there is a solo queue and that's, it's actually 90% of my gameplay time is, uh, is in the solo queue. Um, and I, I, in my opinion, that's the better BG experience. I mean, I enjoy grouping up with friends and stuff like that, but just objectively, in my opinion, the better fights are in the solo queue. There are some downsides sometimes you'll get, you know, you'll get teammates that aren't necessarily amazing teammates, but, you know, that's that's part of, you gotta figure out a build that knows how to account for that and and can, you know, handle itself even in that yeah. situation, and, and that's, that's what it's all about.
1: I would say that the other really fun part, I think, about the solo queue is that the solo queue is the best way to kind of get to know the BG community I feel like like oh yeah yeah it's fun playing with friends and being in the group queue that's actually my favorite but i i do love going in the solo queue and you start recognizing the same names and you know you're on the same teams and it just builds those relationships and you start getting to know a lot of the of the BG community through that way
0: oh yeah yeah and it just it sharpens your skills so much it's a it's a very different Style of gameplay uh, versus grouping up and playing in yes, pre-mades, very much so. Super different, you know, because it's kind of a mix of being on a team and playing solo, you know, and you're kind of mm-hmm. in both of those modes all the time. And you kind your build kind of has to reflect the fact that you don't know what you're going to get from one match to the next. So you kind of have to have a variety of tools in your build, um, which is I, I would think would be like an open world build. You would want a variety of tools for any situation. Yeah. But also, you're just straight in the action. There's no horse simulator. You know, you just queue up and go. You don't generally have to deal with performance issues. Um, You know, and then Cyrodiil, I mean, it's hard to find even like evenly matched fights. It's hard to not get zerged down a lot of the time. And yeah. Um, We disagree, Jim, about the Cyrodiil statement. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I (laughs) I will uh, say. Oh, go ahead.
1: I will say that that on the question of do our bG builds translate to Sierradel imperial City I would say the for the most part yeah i think I think all of yeah. our builds translate just we have we kind of have key i don't know I don't, you you may know how to say it better than I do, but i we kind of have like key aspects that all of our builds kind of have to have um on defense heals you know group utility and kind of damage and so i think we 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 kind of build very rounded and even when we're doing group queue like i know that there's there's ways out there that when you're doing group bgs you can build a team comp for you know each team member's covering all things and and that's just not really our style even when we're doing group bgs that's not really our style we kind of build all of our builds we kind of try to kind of hit all of those key points and i think that the fact that our builds mostly have that i think that's what allows them they would that very much to translate to Cyrodiil or Imperial City.
0: Yeah, most of my builds do. Like, I mean, my my main, my Stamplar definitely does. Um, I think the main thing is uh, if I'm going to Cyrodiil, I'm I'm generally going to CP Cyrodiil or CP Imperial City, so that all my sets yep. still work and everything. Yeah. Um, and I generally have uh, a little bit too much sustain, and I I usually run a sustained moon to stone for BGs. So if I'm going to Imperial City or uh, Cyrodiil, I'll change my Moon to Stone to either damage or maybe the Steed for for more speed, uh, but just something more useful because I usually have like an overabundance of sustain and CP. Mm. But otherwise, build yeah, totally they totally translate for the most part. I think this Warden that I was just talking about could potentially be great. I know Despair is amazing in Imperial City. We've experienced that be- before. Um, so um. Yeah, yeah, totally man. Yeah. Thanks for writing, Jim.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim.
0: And our our last email comes from Dudagon. Is that how, you, is that how you've been pronouncing it?
1: Dudagon. I've been saying Dudagon.
0: Dudagon.
1: So. Old Dudagon or Dudagoon as I as I
0: Well, we could stick an extra O in there. <laughs> it's just sitting there. Dudagon, Dudagon. He's a he's actually a new goon. He's he's in our Discord. He's not in chat right now, but he's been He's been hanging out in Discord and uh it's been good having him. But he wrote us this email, great email here. He says, Hey, I was looking for an ESO podcast for my morning walks and found a few. Once I found yours, the others seemed pointless. Wow. Oof. High praise. Wow.
1: That is high price.
0: He says, Would love to see some deeper dives on survivability for each class since it's so important for every PvP tune. Cough non oaken soul too, please cough.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: Might uh might want to get that cough looked at, dude. Sounds pretty nasty.
1: <laughs> get that checked out. We we don't want you to not feeling well.
0: You know, when I first read this, I didn't notice the non part. I thought he was saying cough. I thought he was asking for open soul ah, tips.
1: Ah, sure, sure, sure.
0: Um, so uh, we may have some open soul tips. So we'll talk about um class survivability actually here in just a minute. But first, let's let's finish reading Dodagon's uh, email here. He says I'm an Xbox NA player who started with console release. I wouldn't say I was anything more than a casual till somewhat recently. BG's are where it's at, and that's right. Oh yeah. Uh, nothing else compares. And let's be clear, they could easily make BG's so much better. Agreed. Easy peasy. <laughs> with that said, I mean a Magicka hybrid DK that's tons of fun. I use the Red Mountain set and it's great. The biggest piece of advice I'd give to all DK's Use hardened armor. Uh, I have a question and comment that I'd like to hear your opinions on. Do you guys use controllers or mouse and keyboard? To me, playing this game with a controller is so much different than with a mouse, especially for PvP. I play this game because I can use a controller for an MMO. I think that's awesome. As a PvPer, since I'd be at a disadvantage to those people using a mouse and keyboard, I've never considered playing on PC. Thoughts? Keep up the great work. Can't wait for new episodes. Dudagon or Dudagon.
1: So many nice things in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for all the kind words, dude. And just thanks yeah. for writing it in general. Very
1: much appreciate it.
0: I actually already kind of answered Dudagon uh, off the air, but uh, we'll, we'll just answer again here, but man, you can use a controller on the PCNA server, and it's, it's all good, man. Lots of people use a control, uh, controller. Lots of Monstrous players, like yes. top-tier players. Prime example is our very good friend Uncle Sam. I don't think anybody would argue that Uncle Sam is anything other than a top-tier player. <laughs> uh and he famously only plays with a controller because he likes to sit back and slouch in his chair. Wanna buy my dog? Amazing mm-hmm. brawler blade dude shreds 24-7 in uh, Stormhaven, the dueling arena there. He's better than I would say eighty percent of the duelers there. He also rips it up in BGs every single night with us, uh, controller. You know he. Yep. Uh, I think he came over from um, uh, PlayStation. He's on PC now, and there's lots and lots of others. Man, it's very common. It's not like a shooter. You know, you, there's not a lot of precision really required for this game. There are some disadvantages. Sure, you can't turn your camera as fast. Grant, yeah, and that's totally legit. And I actually. You know, I make jokes to Sam about that all the time. Like, oh, all I have to do is run in circles and you can't hit me. But people make it work, man. People absolutely make it work. So, uh, you know, if you see a PC version on sale for cheap, you know, if you have a gaming PC, you may as well oh, yeah. just scoop it up uh, and and log on and see it's not like your your Xbox account will disappear if you do that. Yeah. Just give it a try. I bet it'll be better than you think.
1: Yeah. I would say that... I. It- even just with the goons, there's a lot of, some of the really, really good players in the goons, I feel like a lot of them use controllers.
0: Yeah, a lot do. Which actually is actually really which, common.
1: Which is hilarious because me and you are very big mouse and keyboard players, so.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> to actually answer the question, we use mouse and keyboard. <laughs> yeah. I'm not necessarily like a elitist about it. I always just do whatever I, th- I feel like the game was primarily designed for. I feel like this is definitely a mouse and keyboard game.
1: Sure, yeah, I would agree with that. Our biggest disagreement is just on what fingers go where on the mouse and keyboard there.
0: It's not our disagreement, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. it's the rest hey, of the this is, planet Earth a, <laughs> disagreeing <laughs> with you. <laughs> hey,
1: there are sides. There are sides. I got people on my uh, side. There's uh, people. We're out there. Uh,
0: show me. We're these in places. We're, show me anyone. There's else. some
1: of us. There's some of us out there. Davis plays,
0: <laughs> plays mouse and keyboard with his fingers on the home row like normal, as if he were typing. And so he uses yeah. his ring finger on the W key to move forward and <laughs> so on.
1: Pinky on the A, you know, metal finger on the D. It's there, you know. And
0: uses mostly the standard mappings, a few custom mappings. Insanity. Absolute <laughs> insanity war crimes (laughs) Grizzly khan says Davy is committing war crimes with his keyboard it's it's true oh that's good how do you do it (laughs) makes me angry (laughs) getting fired up Uh, (sighs) funny good stuff yeah man you just get used to it after a while and you just know how to do it absolutely I always wonder, even like with a, with a normal hand placement. I always wonder about people who use the default bar swap key, which is the tilde key, that far upper left one.
1: Yeah, who reaches that? How can Man, you reach like that? Like, how
0: in the world could you even use that? Like, you gotta, you have to put that on a on a mouse button. No, no other option.
1: Yeah, no other option. We gotta, we gotta dive into this uh, class survivability, right?
0: Yeah, so I, th- I think Dudagon was kind of suggesting this as like a, maybe a topic for a future episode, but uh, hey, let's just do it now. What let's just heck? dive in. Try and stop us. <laughs> we'll just talk <laughs> a little bit about each class and how they typically stay alive. Of course, you can make all kinds of weird builds with, with any class, you know, so uh, we're not going to talk about every possibility. We're just going to talk about, sure. like, typically This is this is what this class does. I will go ahead and say just right off the bat, no matter what class, really no matter what kind of build, uh, you probably want to have Resolving Vigor and a Burst Heal, or or if you don't have a Burst Heal, a Damage Shield. Uh, but Vigor and a Burst Heal, that's going to go on every single build no matter what, uh, and if you have that, that's a pretty good start for a healing kit, or for yeah. like a survival kit. So we'll start off with Sork's. Um, from what I've seen here lately, Sork's seem to be stacking health, which is a, a growing trend. Uh, yeah. But their, their damage shields scale with health now. So you see a lot of that. You see them spamming that hardened ward damage shield and either using vigor or the matriarch uh, to, to fill their health bar up. Uh, and of course, they're always using streak and that that mobility mm, advantage mm. that they have to to maintain good positioning and good distance and, and all that kind of stuff because yep. they they generally are squishy. Um, but that's pretty much it. Lots of health, like at least thirty five k. You see most of them up around forty k. Honestly, spam that shield and heals, and then you yeah. use that mobility.
1: You get the you know get the the body block of the pet keep streak going yep yep, yep. <laughs> and that's that's kind of their survivability for sure
0: mm-hmm. and i've actually seen a growing number use the other morph of streak the ball of lightning which uh also great It's is a great survivability tool because it absorbs projectiles so but you lose the stun of course that's sorks um night blades so we have stealth blades and we have brawlers we'll talk a little bit about both um so If you're playing a stealthy, ganky kind of Nightblade, I think one thing that is maybe not so obvious is you need to have a ton of damage. And I know we're talking about uh, survivability here, but that relates to survivability, uh, because for one, you you need your enemies to be afraid of you. As a stealthy, ganky Mm -hmm. Nightblade, you're you're probably squishy. If they get a hold of you, they're going to kill you. And you need them to be, like, afraid of your damage so that they will behave accordingly and not just come (laughs) at you full throttle.
1: The Genki Nightblade is the epitome of the the offense is your best defense.
0: It it really is. And also, you just need to be able to kill quickly and then get out of dodge before you get in trouble. That's that's another reason you need a lot of damage. Uh, But to me, more than just being able to kill quickly, I think there is, like, a psychological effect. Like, you need to make your enemies play defensively and not just come at you super hard. The next thing you need is lots of movement speed in a stealthy build. Uh, stealth alone is not enough to keep you safe. Most people who are experienced in PvP, they have anti-stealth measures in their build. They're going to pull you out of stealth. They're going to keep you from going back into stealth, and you're toast after that. You need to have swift jewelry or wild hunt or you know major-minor expedition. However you do it, you get lots of movement speed, and when you get in trouble create distance first get get far away from that person first then go invisible reposition and and you're safe yeah. from there if you cloak right away they're going to you know mage light you're out of stealth it's several seconds before you can go back in and you know you're probably done after that yep so yeah stealthy blade lots of damage lots of speed for the Brawler Blade, they of course they use Dark Cloak, the other morph of cloak that heals you instead of makes you invisible. Uh, a lot of them use Power Extraction, that AOE ability that uh, it applies minor cowardice uh, so it makes their enemies do less damage. Uh, Phantasmal Escape, the Nightblade bubble, gives them a major evasion, very valuable uh, buff to have, plus a free roll dodge mechanic, plus snare removal, an amazing, amazing ability. Uh, they generally run heavy armor. The Way of Fire set is very, very popular for a, bra- uh, a brawler blade. And no matter what kind of knight blade you have, uh, you want uh, resolving vigor and shrewd offering uh, for your mm-hmm. your standard healing kit there. Yeah. Dragon Knight, there's a I think there's multiple layers to a Dragon Knight survivability, and you can actually build your DK a few different ways.
1: A lot of different ways to do it on the DK.
0: I don't know if there really is one standard way that like this is how DKs do it, but there are a few things, uh, a few key things, I think, that all DKs do take advantage of. So uh, Dragon Knight is a stand your ground class. So one thing, like just mentally, you just kind of have to get mad, you know, when you're, when you're <laughs> just a Dragon Knight <laughs> and you're, you're in a bad situation, you just kind of have to get angry at the situation and fight your way out of it, you know, and you kind of have to commit to that mindset and you'll find that if it often just kind of works out if you if you approach it that way DKs have this uh this burning heart passive it gives you uh basically 12% bonus healing taken as long as your armor buff is active essentially which should mm-hmm. be always so just mm-hmm. a permanent 12% healing buff is pretty darn juicy actually just all the time Also, Dragonites tend to stack their weapon damage pretty high because they get unique access to Minor Brutality from their uh, Mountain's Blessing passive. So it's just a a typical thing for DKs to stack their damage up to like maybe 7,000 or more. Uh, So that means their healing abilities are super duper strong, plus they're getting juiced up that extra 12% from Burning Heart. So that's a lot of it. Just having really, really strong heals is a lot of how DKs do it the The Cinderstorm ability—that's that ground AOE they throw in the ground—and it snares people for a ton, and it heals the Dragon Knight for a ton as well. As long as we're standing in it, uh, the coagulating blood burst heal super duper strong. Of course, of course, super they're going to be they're going to be using Resolving Vigor at the same time. Uh, so those three abilities there—Cinderstorm, Coagulate, Vigor—I mean, it's going to be super hard to kill that dude if 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 they're built yeah. properly.
1: I would even I would say the other unique part of the DKs is their there passives that when they use an ultimate allows them to get more sustained. Like obviously yes. all classes have healing ultimates or ultimates that can make them tankier. But the fact that their ultimates work as a reset button is, is the key piece to that, the extra layer yes. of tankiness to me.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah. And they're designed for that really in a few different ways. Like. You'll notice DKs have a lot of close calls, you know, like you think you have them, <laughs> yeah. and then, oh, health bar's completely full, and now your health bar is <laughs> empty. <And laughs> they just totally flip that table so many times. Uh, yeah, that's the battle roar passive. You, you get yes. your resources refilled, basically, whenever you use your ult. I also really like using the Flappy Wings uh, ability. I don't see a lot of DKs use it, but either if they're both really good, but it protects you from ranged attacks. And uh, one one morph gives you snare removal, one morph shoots damage back at the attacker, but um, if you have those three healing abilities and the flappy wings, yeah, you're going to be very difficult to mm-hmm, kill.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I think minimum for a DK, 35k HP, you know, more than that is fine as well. You probably want to be a stage 3 vamp. You know, you're going to be in the middle of the brawl and all that stuff, so, you know, you yeah. want to kind of beef those defensive stats a little bit for sure.
1: Yeah. To me, to me, the DK always stands out as that their tankiness is that reset that resetting the fight. Like they're going to stand the ground. They're going to outlast you. They've got all of these abilities to kind of just outlast. And eventually you're going to run out of resources and they're still they're going to find a way to keep going. Yep, That's kind of the, the way to be tanky with them, I would say. Yeah, patience. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And just kind
0: of and you kind of just kind of have to have faith, like, okay, I'm gonna get the potion. Now I'm gonna get the ultimate. Like it just kinda it just mm-hmm. all just sort of mm-hmm. lines up just right a lot of the time. Templar, they're another stand your ground class, and uh their sort of defensive style has been described in the past as as building a house. You sort of create this area <laughs> that uh as long as you're in there, you're you're tough to kill. So that'll typically consist of your um, extended ritual, the Cleansing Circle, uh, Mm -hmm. your rune that gives you your armor buff, and it also gives you a pretty darn good heal now, especially when you're standing in it. Uh, The living dark bubble makes you super duper tanky when you have that active. So those three things right there, I think, uh, is kind of the standard defensive kit of a Templar. Honor the Dead is your burst heal, uh, and and Resolving Vigor is also a very good one to have on there. You don't necessarily have to have every single one of those abilities slotted. Uh you might have a tough time, you know, fitting every single one of those on the build like I don't use the bubble on mine for example.
1: Yeah.
0: But some combination of those abilities uh is what they often use. Um as a Templar you want to cleanse often especially in this meta right now. There's a lot of really yes. nasty dots and status effects so you really want to you want to run enough magicka recovery um, that you can afford to hit that cleanse button a fair amount.
1: Yeah. I would say just like you said, two two out of three of the abilities on on the extended ritual, the bubble or your rune, but the extended ritual almost seems like a a must. And exactly what you said that the the templar a lot of the templar tankiness is that they that that ritual, the ability to have your entire team cleansing is so huge right now. And they're also great for, for team comps and keeping another alive is that a lot of their tankiness is just they just keep their teammates alive. Like the damage just continues to be, I feel like, dispersed among the team and where they're not having to take all the damage. But can't say enough about the the cleansing ability for an entire team is so huge in the meta right now.
0: Yeah, just last night I was on a team with Uncle Sam and he took a really nasty Toxic Barrage bow ultimate and you, you know it leaves that lingering dot when oh, yeah. you that that's often what you'll end up dying from. And I saw that, and I put a circle on the ground. I'm like, here's you a Cleanse Sam. And he's like, oh, sweet, thanks. And he took the synergy, and he was good to go. Yeah. Perfect. And I think most Templars probably want to be a stage 3 vampire for that undeath passive, uh, because you are generally going to find yourself in the middle of the the nasty stuff, and that, that will help you out quite a bit. So build that house, be a vampire, cleanse often. That's the way you do it. Uh for wardens, so uh as a, just warden, be a you, warden. You want to make sure your food buff is active. Yeah. Uh, just just, you just wanna be there. Open your inventory screen, make sure all your armor pieces are equipped, you know. Uh oh, and man. you know, try your best and you'll just just, you just, just just you know, just hang out. Just kind of be um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's it comes pretty easy for a warden. Uh Vigor and Polar Wind, that's that's it. That's your healing kit. Uh, yep. if you can get um the the either version of the shield, either crystallized slab or uh, shimmering shield, they're both great. That's just extra mm. icing on that on that survivability cake.
1: It's it's not even like, you know, it it's it goes beyond of just everything you need it's like that is an elite defensive kit beyond everything
0: you need yes it is uh and you don't have to build tanky you know you don't really have to invest in defense at all just do whatever you want in your build just use those vigor and polar wind at least you know crystallize slab if you can yeah uh and uh Generally, Wardens want to stack a lot of health because Polar Wind scales with your health, so that thing will be extra juicy. I mean, 40k is pretty common for a Warden. Mine's 35. I tend to run a little bit lower health. But 35 is actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, really easy for a Warden. Uh, It's also really easy for an Arcanist. You do um, Resolving Vigor and that... um, I can't think of the name of the ability, but the one that's the damage shield that's twice as big for one second, and it consumes crux and heals you when you cast it. The thing is absolutely broken. It's a hard carry. So that and Vigor, good to go. You're good to go. I
1: I don't have an Arcanist, but I do know that's the ability. Put that damage shield on, and you are in great, great shape.
0: Comes pretty easy for Arcanists. Uh, And then Necromancers... (laughs) necromancers have it pretty tough i think Uh, i've actually been playing right
1: now i've
0: been playing a fair amount of necromancer lately mine's pretty survivable but it's because it's um it's just kind of a weird build it's actually a very squishy build it's not the
1: necromancer piece that's making them tanky that's the thing
0: Mm -hmm. so i think what makes necro tough is because they don't really have the toolkit that the brawlers have like look at a dk permanent 12% mm. extra healing at all times and lots of other great stuff and you look at what the necro has they don't have anything that juicy not nearly it used to be the mender that was like their yeah. their clutch yeah. ability absolutely um it was uh, specifically the intensive mender and um it was a it was a pass of spreadsheet balancing is what we'll call it where you know all these this category of uh, of abilities has to do the same amount of healing and uh this got cut up in that a few patches ago and it's um it's been weak ever since the the yeah. bender has been
1: well and they they don't you know like their their main burst heal has kind of a a negative side to it i would say yeah, um the debuffs and, you and so that's kind of unique to them and then they don't have kind of like that um, defensive ability. I feel like you know, like uh, probably the totem. Yeah, they don't have a flappy the,
0: wings. They don't have a shimmering no. shield. They don't
1: have a bubble. Like they're, yeah, they're probably no their de- their biggest defensive ability is a totem, which is a great ability, but it it's not really a defensive ability for them. And I also would argue that that probably their their um, I don't know what they're most recognized for on their on their tankiness. Like what stands out to them the most is probably the Colossus uh, or the bone you know the Bone Colossus ult. Is it kind of works as like a reset? The, thing. The go,
0: I think it's the Goliath. Goliath. I think sorry, the name sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: Colossus. I think is the one that comes out. The, and smashes, the clown farm. Yes, but that's probably like their their image of tankiness. But the, the, even that's tough because it's like that is going to take up one of your ult abilities to, if you want that. Um, if you want to be that side of tanking it, it's a nice reset button that, you know, when you're about to die, you can throw that out there and it kind of works as a reset button, but it is going to take one of your ultimate ability slots. And so yeah, I agree. And I what think do you do a, when
0: you don't have your ultimate? You yeah. Know, as, what do, you yeah. Mean, you don't, you, like don't you don't.
1: Yeah. You, and so multiple things, I think that kind of pinpoint the, the fact that their burst heal um, is kind of the only burst heal out there that has a negative pat, you know, negative passive to it. And then they don't really have a defensive ability um, and or other than and and kind of their defensive identity is, is that ultimate. But it's like, like you said, it's an expensive ultimate or sometimes you don't want to slot that ultimate. You know, it's very specific to that one ultimate where I'll even go back to DK with kind of that reset button. Put any ultimate you want there. That's that's a passive when you use an ultimate that they're going to get their their benefit. Uh, the Necromancer, if you want a defensive ultimate, you have to use that specific one.
0: Yeah, and they're so lacking in their toolkit. Like they don't have the standard major damage buff. They don't have the standard major crit buff. You know, there's no there's no there's nothing nice like major evasion or you know, stuff yeah. like that. So they they have no choice but to go outside of their class and and find those things because you you have no choice. You have to have those things in your build. Um and so then what's left, you know, after that is not much, you know, compared yeah. to like what other classes are able to invest in for survivability because as as a warden, you know, and an investment into damage often is also an investment into survivability.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely.
0: And and it's just kind of it works out very conveniently for all the other classes, nightblades too. I mean, my goodness but for necro they have to go so far out of their way to get just the the basic stuff in their build that there's just not a lot of room left for them to have like really great stats and really great defensive tools and all that so we're getting a little sidetracked but um i guess the answer for necro though is i think you um you probably want the spirit guardian morph of the mender yeah. Because uh, it it ha- it absorbs that unique ten percent, you know, damage mitigation. That is pretty nice. Um, you probably do want to be a stage three vampire. You probably want to find a source of major evasion. And you may want to get misform on the bar as well, just to have like an yeah. option to to kind of move around it, and stuff.
1: If you want to be tanky as a necro, really, really make a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Your necro. <an>
0: <laughs> yeah, really. Just you're a vampire build. Really. Uh... Kind of true. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, they don't have like what's the cheese? Like every other class has some kind of cheese tanky, that they can rely yeah, tanky on. Tanky ability. Like, and Sorks kind of have it? Sorks have streak. Nightblades have invisibility. Wardens have that shield. Uh, DKs have the flappy wings and just a bunch of other things.
1: Templar have the bubble.
0: Nightblades have an amazing bubble. Templars have the bubble.
1: Arcanus has the shield. Like what do necros have?
0: They don't, yeah, they don't have that clutch thing or like a collection of a bunch of clutch things like the way DK is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's nothing. We're not saying anything that probably anyone listening to this doesn't already know. <laughs> uh, Necro is just in tough shape, man.
1: They're in a tough spot, right? It's not now. to say
0: you can't make a decent one. I just talked about despair. I'm having fun with despair, but I had to get creative, you know. Whereas with my warden, like first time out of the gate, like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> um, okay so I thought I thought Todagon was asking for tips about Oak and Soul I now realize that I was mistaken but I do have some tips for making a one bar build just really quick <laughs> um, so number one I think uh, bow builds are the best for one bar builds because you get major expedition from a bow without having to use a bar slot uh, and it's ranged and that's very nice Uh, So for that reason, generally stamina builds are best uh, for one bar build because bows are best. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You want to just go ahead and get uh, resolving vigor and a burst heal on the bar. Just go ahead and slot those right away so you're not tempted to put anything else in their place because you're going to need them for the most part. Um, And then your damage combo needs to either be three abilities or two abilities and an ultimate. Absolutely. Uh, if you can't kill somebody with something like that, then it's not going to work. So yeah, Davis, your uh, bear claw build is perfect, right? You got sub assault, you got snipe, and you got that ultimate. Yep. And that's all the damage you need.
1: Yeah. And it and it adds up to enough damage to get the kill.
0: And then that leaves you with one flex spot that you can use for you know you use shimmering shield or you know yeah. you could use any number of things there. Absolutely. I think generally that yeah the The best token soul builds that have kind of the most value in the build consist of a a five-piece set, a two-piece monster set, an arena weapon, and like two filler pieces like, you know, trainee.
1: Yeah.
0: Generally that type. It's not to say that's the only way, but that's generally the best builds. You'll see a five-piece, a monster set, an arena weapon.
1: Yeah. I, I, I kinda look at it as, you know, you, you don't have that back bar, so you're trying to get as many sets as you can without having that back bar, but still have active sets. Because you're you're basically you're wearing less gear. And so you gotta find a way to to still try to find as many set bonuses as possible.
0: Yeah, so like my Bocrow, he's uh Swamp Raider, Baylor, uh the Black Rose Bow and one trainee, one druid's braid, I think. Okay. Dudagon, that is our <laughs> response to your email. An hour later, <laughs> uh, Davis, pick a favorite.
1: I we gotta go. We gotta go. Dudagon, Dudagon, we, we have no
0: choice, right?
1: Yeah, like there was so much. There was so much, so much there, there. So much good content. So much good stuff. We gotta go. Our there. podcast
0: is just answering yeah, his email. He's
1: just answering his email content. No, <laughs> uh, all, all three fantastic emails. Uh, enjoyed them all. Really nice things in all three emails. Uh, but yes. i i i gotta pick uh Dadagon for the one there there was there was some some cool questions and some cool breakdown that, that was really always fun when we get to kind of hop from class to class uh, and compare them like that that that's a lot of fun
0: lists are just fun right i just yeah. let's do a list yeah let's do it love it i like lists yeah all right Dudagon, 250k gold oh he's not a pcna uh you gotta,
1: you gotta create a pcna character He's already thinking about it. You know, he said it in his email basically. He's thinking about it. Let's get see him, here. Get him on PC. What a what a great way to start on PC with a, a quick 250k to start I'll out. Tell
0: you what, Dedagon, I'll give you we'll we'll give you 30 days to make a PC account and and then it expires and it'll go to someone else. <laughs> we'll do we'll do a giveaway. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thank you guys for writing in. We have a guild. The guild's name is Stoon's Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game, uh, and it just so happens to be the best-named guild on the PCNA server, and it's also the official guild of the Scroll and Podcast. If you'd like to be a member, you can email us at scrollandpodcasts at and I'll send you an invite. Um, if your guild roster is full, or if you're on a different platform like Xbox, then that's okay. You can come hang out on the discord and everyone on the discord is a fully fledged goon. Um, So you're welcome to, you know, hang out there and have all the privileges that everybody else has. If you would like to support the show, one quick and easy thing you can do is go to the Apple podcast app and give us uh, a written review uh, and a star rating. That'll help us out. Um, We got a new review just recently. I want to take a minute just to, to read it because it's such a great review.
1: So nice. Very, very kind.
0: It's from I uh, the, the, uh The subject is mechanics, builds, and patch notes. Oh my. Uh, he says there are quite a few Elder Scrolls podcasts and lots of content creators take different angles. You got some focused on lore or how the community is doing or what Bethesda or the Z people are talking about. There are angry ESO podcasts and there are stupidly happy ESO podcasts. There are podcasts about housing and fishing and role play and whatever. This podcast is not those things. While the hosts are fun, aware of the lore, and into the business side of the game community, these two are about mechanics, builds, and understanding the patch notes as the game changes around us. This is one of the most professionally prepared podcasts in the community, and if you're trying to improve your DPS, healer, tank mechanics, this is it. Bring a pencil and take notes, scroll and dishes out information at the base level of the game, and if you pay attention, you will get better at mechanics full five stars all day, every day. Although dude, the Nord thing, come on, expand your horizons a bit.
1: (laughs) I refuse. My horizons are just fine. (laughs) I like my horizons where they are. I like my horizons perfectly where they're at. (laughs) Uh, But no, I actually, you know, I already read this. I already read this review. already saw it. But even just hearing you read it again, like goosebumps again, like just such, such unbelievably kind words. Can't, can't say enough how much uh appreciation for that kind of uh a uh, comment and review to the podcast
0: very well written too, just away with words yeah. dude. like yeah. yes, and that's exactly you know what we aspire to do is uh yep. talk exactly. about those mechanics and builds and just how to be good at the game is kind of what we're interested in so if you're listening, hi landis, thanks for the review uh all you other goons get out there and be like landis <laughs> give us a <laughs> apple review. <laughs> um if you'd like to uh, go a step further and uh support us in a bigger way, you can go to patreon.com slash scroll and podcast and sign up to receive Stoons Boon for three dollars a month. That gets you uh access to a number of things, including uh the Booncast, which is a shorter solo podcast that I do on the off weeks. It's still ESO focused. It's usually just kind of um a, a preview of the builds that I'm gonna be talking about on the following week. It's also you get a little bit of kinda like real-life stuff mixed in there. I kind of use it like a, like an audio diary sometimes. Um, so you never know what you're going to find on the Booncast. That is patreon.com slash scrolling podcast. Um, and if you can't do Patreon right now, then just come hang out on the Discord. That doesn't cost anything. Uh, and that helps us out more than you think. Just having people there to hang out with and talk to and have build discussions with and stuff like that, that absolutely fuels the podcast. So that, that helps us out a lot podcast at gmail.com. I'll send you that invite. Shout out to the chat. We have Garion, Grizzly Khan, KDMS was in here earlier, King NAR. Was that it? I think yeah. that might have been it. Thank you guys for being here. A lot of Always people, lot people in the chat tonight. Very yeah. appreciate it. Um, Shout out to Uncle Sam, Slavka, Axolion. Want to Buy My Dog, King NAR, KDMS, uh, Solantris. Who's that other person? Brandon, Joral Wilhelm. We've all just been playing <laughs> a lot together, man. The yeah. the Discord's been popping lately. Actually, yeah, like we've every got a single lot, night.
1: We've got a lot going on. Uh, a lot of people in every night. A lot of a uh, lot of fun BGs happening. A lot of a lot of good groups and and duos. Uh, it's been it's
0: been a lot of fun. Right now, as we're talking, there are six people in the main voice channel. Just there, we, I mean, we just we just
1: we just saw a scoreboard right of of there was a match where. Two of the teams were full goon teams.
0: Yeah. And it's seriously every night. There's people in there. Everyone's super cool. Everyone's super chill. Um, You know, it's a a real quality crew we have here with the the students goons.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Shout out to Uncle Sam for getting uh, 7.64 million damage in a a battleground pre-made. I think he was on his Dragon Knight. Was it his Dragon Knight or his Warden? I want to say Dragon uh, Knight.
1: It was his Dragon Knight for sure. Yeah. It was Dragon Knight. It was Dragon Knight. Uh, Seven, ridiculous.
0: 7.64 million damage. I'm pretty sure that's the highest damage number I've seen.
1: On a controller, going back to the email.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. Using <your> controller, <laughs> so a controller. The
1: highest damage I've ever seen in a BG. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, nice. <gasps> uh,
0: so, congrats on that, Sam. That convinces me that ten million is technically possible somehow. He's got to be a He's going to
1: find a way. You know, you know. We joke about it all the time. He, he, he's, he's looking for more damage. He's still looking. Yeah, he's still finding. I made
0: that joke when he posted that screenshot. I'm like, you still probably need to squeeze a little bit more damage out of that build, though, right? Yeah. He's like, well, if you notice, I only got like five kills or something like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he wasn't happy with the results. Yeah,
0: <laughs> not quite eight million. Uh. Uh, shout out to the elder goons, the OGs. Thank you guys for being our friends for so long. Uh, and shout out to our Stoon's boon recipients. We now have ten total Stoon's boon recipients. We've gotten three new ones since the Holy last cow. episode.
1: Just, just a,
0: a boom, mind blowing. So, uh, Pork Body, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Thomas Taggart, Mother of Dragons, uh, and now Sudika, Jim, and Maxwell. guys all so much.
1: Yeah, very much appreciate
0: it. It helps us out a lot. I might be able to fire up that Adobe subscription again here pretty soon. Who knows? uh, There we go. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Anything else? I think that's it. All right. Thank you guys very much for listening and we'll see you next time.